Welcome to Small Business Success with Steve Strauss, author of the Small Business Bible plus the Small Business Columnist for USA Today. Find out more at theselfemployed.com. Here's your host, Steve Strauss. It is that time of year again. What time of year, you ask? Tax time. If you're a small business, now is the time to start thinking about your W-2 and 1099 filings. And our friends at Greatland, the great sponsors of this show, make it really easy. Greatland is the W-2 and 1099 specialist. And for listeners of this show, they are making a special offer. You can get 15% off your 1099 and W-2 filing products right now if you go to greatland.com and put in the code V12. This is a code just for us, for listeners of our podcast. Greatland makes filing your W-2s and 1099s easy. So go to greatland.com and put in the code V12 and you'll get 15% off any W-2 or 1099 product. That's greatland.com. Put in our code just for listeners of this podcast. That's V12. Get 15% off. Now is the time to take care of your taxes. Greatland.com can help you right now. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I love the subject of today's show. It's probably my favorite subject in the world almost. Making a living without a job, or as I am wanted to say, making a living without a a job. I was never very good at having jobs. And we have as a guest with us today the woman who taught me how to make a living without a job. Her name is Barbara Winter, and she wrote a great book by that very name. Later in the show, in the tip, I am going to be sharing with you the best tip I ever learned from Barbara Winter and from her book, and I would say it's a tip that has kept me in business for 20 years now. You know, back in the day when I was the unhappiest lawyer in the land, I really hated my job, uh, hated my boss, I had the partner from hell, and was trying to figure out a way to, uh, to leave and start my own law firm. I couldn't figure out how to do it, how would I get clients? How would I be able to pay for it? Why We had a baby at home. So I wandered into a bookstore because this was the time before the digital revolution and there were bookstores still to be found. And I went into the business section and I found that book, Making a Living Without a Job. And that just sounded like nirvana to me. Opened it up and read it and I still have that copy of it. And very few books do I underline and highlight and dog ear. and But that book is dog-eared and underlined and it became my um, kind of my roadmap for my escape route from from that horrible uh, job and working 12 and 14 hours a day and having partners you know yell at me and make me work on weekends on two hours notice and all the things bad you hear about being a young lawyer were true I read the book I came up with a plan um, uh, and then I got fired so I had no choice but to implement my plan and uh, luckily from the day from day one I made a profit in my own law practice And I really owe all of it, especially in those early years, to the woman who wrote this book, to Barbara Winter, her great book, Making a Living Without a Job. In the years since, I became friends with Barbara. And in fact, in the last edition of her book, I ended up being privileged enough to get to write the foreword to that book. So that was pretty cool. So uh, why don't you come join me and let's go talk to one of my favorite people, Barbara Winter. I've been working in this factory for now 15 years. All this time I watched my woman drowning in a pool of tears. And I've seen a lot of good folk die. 
lot of bills to pay. I'd give the shirt right off of my back if I had the guts to say. Coming up, this week's interview. Well, as I have been telling you, I am uh, really thrilled to have our next guest with us today. Uh, as you just heard, Barbara Winter changed my life, and I am, as she knows, forever in her debt. So uh, truly, this is a very special guest for me. So Barbara, thanks, and welcome to the show. I am delighted to be here. So your book, uh, Making a Living Without a Job, how many editions has it gone to now? Well, it has been updated once, and it's been through, I've lost track of how many printings. More than 10, right? More than 10, but it had its 20th anniversary on July 15th, and that was beyond my wildest imagination at the time I wrote it. That's incredible. Mazel tov on that. Thank you. So why don't you tell people about the book a little bit? Uh, making a living without a job and why they might be interested in it? Well, when I started doing seminars on that subject, almost from the beginning, people would ask me if I had written a book or was writing a book or had any intention of writing a book. And the answer to that question was always, yes, there will be a book. But I also knew that I didn't want to write it before I had evidence that what I was teaching was being put to work out in the field. So I wanted stories from real people who had used the things I'd been talking about and became self-employed as a result. So there was kind of a gap between, I, I, it was field research I did for several years. And I really remember when I was working with my editor saying, I don't want to write a book that's just about how to get started. I want a book that's also about how to keep going once you've started. I love that because that really is where so many books fall down, right? So many books about become an entrepreneur, tell you how to start, but don't tell you how to keep going. Yeah, and so the first part of the book really is about the you know, getting going part, but then it goes on from there. And like one of the most popular chapters is called How to Survive Your Spaghetti Days. So if you are suddenly working with less cash flow than you're used to when you work for a salary and you're in that building phase, how do you not just throw your hands up in the air and say, I can't do this? You know, and so there are just all sorts of things much of it, you know, field research again, things people told me about how they survived that time. So how do you survive your spaghetti days? You know, I, I think one of the most interesting answers to that came from a woman who called me one day and said, I have discovered now that I am doing what I love that I need far less money. She said, when I had a job I hated, I would spend all weekend shopping, hoping I could buy something that would make me feel good enough to go back to work on Monday. And I thought that was so interesting. And right. I, think, I think that is a common experience. And I think that one of the things that happens to us when we really are doing something that matters to us is that 
we make that same shift that people who want to travel make, and that is we become far less interested in spending our money on stuff and far more interested in investing our time and money in great experiences. And I think that's what that woman was talking about. You know, her life was so rewarding now that she was back doing art and painting and exhibiting and all those things that she really loved, that she had less need to fill her place up with stuff. You know, people go into business for themselves, become self-employed for all sorts of reasons. They hate their job. They hate their boss. They love an idea. They want to make more money or be more creative. But you just mentioned something that's really significant that gets it's a little under the radar sometimes, and that is feeling like you're making a difference, right? Is that is that what you think a lot of people find as a result of doing this? Yeah, I think they do. And I think I think that if we are really paying attention, we figure out and realize that our whole life has been getting us ready for this. I mean, and I see that so clearly in my life because I went through this kind of difficult thing growing up. I have a sister who's two years younger than I, who knew from the time she was a kid, she was going to be an archaeologist. And she just walked straight down that road. Don't those people you know? drive you and crazy? And I watched her. <laughs> and I was zigzagging all over the place. You know, when I was in high school, about once a week at breakfast, my mother would say, well, Barbara, what are you going to be this week? And I always had a different answer. And it was like, how am I ever go- How did Nancy figure it out? I can't figure it out. But I remember the moment when I realized that all this what looked like zigzag to me wasn't really. It was like I had to go get a different piece of the puzzle from all these different jobs I'd had. And all of a sudden I saw how it all fit together. So I think that that is not uncommon that we have that revelation, oh yeah, this is what I came to do. And that is wildly empowering. But I also want to say, Steve, when you mentioned people become self-employed for a lot of different reasons, people who go into it thinking it's the booby prize are not going to be successful. Who think that's what you do when there's no options left. Then you got to start your own thing. That doesn't work. So it's got to be a positive choice, not a negative choice. Precisely. You've counseled and spoken with, you do seminars all over the country on this. You know, what What do you think that the top one, two, three things that you, that you can share that will ensure people have a successful venture? Because some people, you know, succeed and some don't. And lots of people try really hard and still don't succeed. And, I mean, do you, can you, have you been able to pinpoint what works, what the difference-making things are? I think that the there are a couple of things that are really critical. One is doing your homework. And I cannot tell you the number of people who have written, sent me emails over the years saying things like, I'm thinking I'd maybe like to start writing and I'd like to write some articles. So do I just send them out to magazines or what? And I think you haven't done any homework because there are probably more books about how to become a writer than any other subject, right? Yeah, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you had done the 
minimal amount of how to write and, and sell your articles, um, you would not be asking that question. So doing your homework, and I think that, and I try to, you know, just repeat this as often as possible, if you haven't explored it before, you have no idea how vast the amount of resources are. When I started out, I didn't have any of the tools that people have now. I didn't have, you know, really great books like Making a Living Without a Job. Or the Small Business Bible or something like that. That Yeah, that one <laughs> is a good one, too. I would add that to the library for okay. sure. But, but those things did not exist. And, of course, technology has, you know, changed it enormously on so many different levels. So, so really being diligent about doing your homework to begin with and to keep doing it. I mean, I think the best reason to be self-employed is that it gives you an excuse to be a lifelong learner. And I think that a lot of people have been in positions where there wasn't much encouragement to keep learning. And it's kind of heavy when you realize that you can just keep digging and digging and digging and finding more things to be excited about and things that will inspire you. I think another thing that is absolutely critical is that people have to start connecting with other self-employed people. And, you know, when I mention that, I often see people kind of go into a glazed, panicky look. Like, I don't know anybody who's self-employed. And it's like it makes a huge, huge difference. So where do you find those folks? Well, first of all, you have to have a real clear intention that you want to do it. There are places where they hang out. You know, I point out, you, you're sitting in a room full of people who are all interested in becoming self-employed, and some of you already are. Talk to each other. You know, going to, going to seminars and, and classes and conferences can be one place. If you're in a, a place where there are meetup groups, or start one of your own for other people who are self-employed. And also... As you start talking about it, too, often, you know, this happens to me all the time where people say, oh, you have just got to meet so-and-so. You would really like them. And, you know, once you kind of get yourself into the arena, you start making those connections more easily. But I think you have to really, really want that to be part of your new life is that you have some self-employed friends. They're the ones you call up on the day you get a new client, and they're the ones you call up on the day you lose a big client, and you return the favor for them. Well, let me give people one more resource, and that is uh, on our website, on the self-employed. We're doing a redesign of it right now, and one of the big changes we're going to make is we're going to have a very active and robust forum section where self-employed people can come and share and uh, get some new ideas and share the horror, the war stories, as you said, uh, online. So I think that'll be a, a great resource for people because you're right. When you do go off on your own, often you're working by yourself every day, and it's good to, good to have people um, who know what you're going through. Exactly, and they get it. And they get it, yes, and they get it. So, Barbara, you have a great newsletter, right? And it's... I have to say to folks, it is not an e-newsletter. It is one of the only real newsletters I still know of, right? Right, and it's 27 years old. 
What's it I, called? I, winning it's Ways? Winning Ways, right. and I'm waiting for Ups to come to my door with it so I can send it out. I do the mailing myself. I, I tell people I have this vision of me on my deathbed putting the last <laughs> labels on. And I've told my daughter, you know, now you've got to get them in the mailbox. <laughs> How big is your list? It's it varies from time to time, but we run around a thousand. That's fantastic. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it comes down. But I have people who have been subscribers for over twenty years. It's really astonishing. And in fact, today I just typed up a a letter I'd gotten from a subscriber who renewed, and she said she's a librarian. And she said, I really have no intention of going out on my own right now. And every time my subscription comes up for renewal, I think, hmm, am I going to renew it? And then I realize, yeah, this really is important. And eventually I am going to do something on my own. But the best thing in her letter, she said, was your book recommendations are always spot on. And I thought, oh, a librarian said that. <laughs> so I will say uh, that Barbara's newsletter is is great, and um, and she knows her books too. Because I will say, you wrote a book, you wrote an article for the self-employed, uh, twenty-five books I could not live without, and that happens to be one of the top five articles uh, on our site, day in and day out. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And I think again that the lifelong learner part of being self-employed is that, and. You know, right now, you should just see I am surrounded by books, and there are quite a few unread, brand-new titles. And probably for every book I recommend, I don't do reviews, I do recommendations, I probably read five books. And I only recommend things that I think are absolutely fabulous. And I'm reading one right now that I'm just gaga over called The Paradox of Choice. And it, it, oh, it is so spot on for uh, those of us who are really have a vision of being a very tiny business with a loyal and recurring customer base that we're not, you know, trying to sell a million different things, but that we have a very specific thing that we're doing in the world. And he talks about how because we have so much choice, it's hard to make decisions, how we're more confused because of the abundance of choice we have. And he opens by talking about going to replace his blue jeans, which he does every 10 years apparently, and comes to Old Navy, and then they're like, well, do you want this? Do you want that? And, you know, I just want a pair of jeans. (laughs) Well, I will say in a world of many choices – uh, following and reading Barbara Winter is a smart and good one. So, Barbara, if people want to find you, uh, where would they find you? They could find me, well, at the self-employed, hanging out at the coffee break. That's right. And um, also, my website is joyfullyjobless.com. And your Twitter account and is? Jobless Muse. At Jobless Muse. And I'm also on Facebook, just as Barbara Winter. Well, fantastic. And the name of the book is Making a Living Without a Job. Uh, It's the best. She's the best. Barbara, we're so happy to have you. And we're going to come up right back after our break. And I'm going to tell people the best thing I learned from your book uh, ever, my favorite tip. So I bet you know what that is, but we're not going to leak it right now. Thank you, Barbara. (laughs) Thanks for asking me. It was fun. Bye. Coming up next... 
the tip of the week. So what is it I learned most from Barbara Winter and uh, how to make a living without a job? There was lots of different things, but one stands out. And if you've read any of my articles or you've listened to this podcast many times, you probably will be familiar with this concept. And it is the idea of having multiple profit centers. That when you go into business, it's really easy to have just one way of making a buck. We'll take my law firm. You know, I did bankruptcies and I did bankruptcies. Well, it turns out bankruptcies are, you know, busy most of the year. But what I didn't know was November and December, nobody files bankruptcy because nobody wants to. They actually, you know, want to think about the holidays and then they'll worry about their financial problems come January. So my first year in business, I thought I was really great. And then, you know late October, November, December came and I didn't have any money. And that was very, very scary. And that is when I opened uh, that book and write about multiple profit centers and realized, oh, I need another profit center for my business. So then I opened a wills and trust practice and I learned about wills and trusts, and I started boosting that part of my business up, uh, you know, come October. And that really worked. And then I opened uh, personal injury stuff and that worked year round. And, um, couple other things and corporations were really busy so I had lots of different ways of making money uh, it's kind of like a stock you would never own just one stock because that stock could go up that stock could go down you want to diversify your portfolio well you want to diversify the portfolio of your business as well think about Starbucks Starbucks started out selling coffee coffee is a seasonal business they sell more coffee in the winter than they do in the summer so what did uh, Howard Schultz do well he invented the Frappuccino which is a summery drink right it's just a slushy it's a shake uh, and then they added music and CDs and, you know, and then food and products so that when CD sales are down, coffee sales are up. When coffee sales are down, frappuccino sales are up. And when frappuccino sales are down, maybe, you know, coffee makers are up. Whatever it is, if you diversify your way of making money, if you have multiple profit centers and you're never relying on just one profit center, uh, and that idea uh, has worked really well for me in my business. I share it all the time. I'm sharing it with you today. It's what Barbara Winter taught me in her book, and I hope it's what you take away with you. So go out there, start to make a living without a job, and uh, you'll be happier for it. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't let tax time sneak up on you. If you go to greatland.com, put in the code V12, you can get 15% off any W-2 or 1099 product. Greatland makes it really easy to file these documents, And so I suggest you check it out. That's greatland.com to learn more.